For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by AT&T Fiber. And today, let's talk about gaming. Specifically, that one thing that affects all of us, lag. That pesky delay between when you push a button and the action happens in your game. But there's good news. AT&T Fiber is here to minimize lag. See, if you want to minimize lag for the best gaming experience, you want a low ping rate. If you have a ping rate of 150 milliseconds, for example, you're probably going to lag and it'll be a bummer. A ping rate between 20 and 50 milliseconds, that's considered good. What's AT&T Fiber's ping rate? 17 milliseconds. Let that sink in. With a 17 millisecond ping rate, you'll get a smooth, reliable gaming experience. And let's not forget to mention that AT&T Fiber gives you unlimited data included, and there's no annual contract. The only downside is you can no longer blame losses on lag, but none of us do that anyway, right? Visit att.com slash getfiber. Limited availability in select areas. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Other factors may impact game lag. Restrictions apply. Fans, welcome to episode 228 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of all future episodes. Apple Podcast listeners, rate and review the show and everyone. Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. And I have a very special guest joining me today. He covers LSU sports for Go247.com, which is, of course, a part of 247 Sports, none other than Matthew Bruni. Welcome to the show, Matthew. Hey, thanks for having me, man. All right. It's my pleasure. Thank you for joining us. We definitely want to hear all about this LSU women's basketball team, which, of course, will be squaring off against our Jackson State Lady Tigers in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, but first, tell us a little bit about yourself. As I mentioned earlier, you would go 247.com and you cover LSU basketball. Is that on the men's side and the women's side? Yeah, bo- both sides. Um, this is my first year with with the site with 20, uh, 247. And, uh, you know, so I did some football, um, mm. you know, covered that coaching change with all Ed Orgeron gone. And uh, wow. then, uh, yeah, I've been doing the basketball uh, for both sides. Really, I've been to almost every women's game and, you know, the men's games and stuff. So Kim Mulkey, uh, mm-hmm. first year at LSU, obviously has brought a lot of life into that, uh, their their home gym. So it's it's been a lot of fun to cover them this year. Well, I can imagine it's probably been a, a crazy, what, six months or so for you to obviously, you know, to start and have the coaching change on the football side. And then both teams on the basketball side are going to the NCAA tournament. But I'm pretty sure you wouldn't ask for anything more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, man. It's, it's going to be a crazy couple of weeks here uh, if, if if the men can can hang in as long as the women ho- hopefully can. We'll see if who can last longer. I don't know. <laughs> 
especially now that, that Will Wade's gone from the men's side. Mm-hmm. Who knows what we're going to get? Who knows, right? I know you're excited. Well, we are excited about this game, this upcoming game, of course, again, LSU versus Jackson State. But what was some of the reaction and sentiment around the program after getting that number three seed, whether from the players, the fans, the coaches, or even the local prognosticators? I mean, is that around where most people probably anticipated LSU to land? Yeah, so during the later portion of the season, because LSU kept rising up uh, throughout through the polls and everything, and late in the season, they were uh, projected as a two going into the uh, uh, the SEC tournament. And then they went up against Kentucky and uh, Ryan Howard, who's uh, one of the best players in the entire country, um, went off. She went, I think she went five or six from three in the first half, just really lit it up and sent LSU home early in the SEC tournament. So I kind of shocked them there. And with that loss, I knew a three would be in play. Uh, but some outlets still had them as a two. And then Texas won the Big 12 and right. basically took their two. And so they basically flipped roles there. So mm. they're in the same region now. So LSU's the the top three seed and Texas the, the lowest two seed. So they just basically mm. flipped. So okay. that's kind of how it worked out in my head. When Texas won the Big 12, they kind of just flipped. So yeah, mm. LSU was a three seed. It's kind of uh, where we expected it once LSU went out in the first round of the SEC tournament. So it's not too much of a surprise there right now you know although somewhat of a disappointment the way the season ended or the regular season or the tournament ended obviously you know still going to the big dance the number three seed is still not too shabby but obviously expectations were slightly higher but compare that to preseason expectations and talk about how this team fared this season relative to those preseason expectations because I know the program of course brought in a new head coach which you mentioned already we're definitely going to get into that but they've truly exceeded expectation in in my opinion at least from a prediction standpoint because they were picked to finish eighth in the coaches preseason poll but they finished number two in the conference so what all would you attribute that to yeah man it's it's been a crazy year they went nine and 13 last year uh they returned a lot of the talent or a lot of the team that they had last year um Kim Mulkey comes over like I said and then uh, she brought with her um, guard, Alexis Morris. That's been a key starter for them all year. And then she also brought in a Vanderbilt transfer, uh, Ford Autumn Newby, who's been a huge piece for them. But other than those two, it's pretty much the same team as, as last year. So really, you have a real old team, senior heavy. I mean, uh, five seniors, seniors and then one's a senior as well. Oh, no. And then, no, six of the top seven are probably seniors. Um, wow. Five of them is their last uh, hurrah you know and then one's going to come back next year so I think having that experience has been huge for this team and then combining that with Kim Mulkey and just you know the experience she brings the the savvy that she has the confidence that she gives this team I think that combination has done just wonders for them mm-hmm. and you know it's if if Mul- if Kim Mulkey's said to herself you know if this was a younger team we wouldn't be having this type of success because mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. she's not a she's not a wizard out here making players <laughs> make shots it's just the combination's been great so I, I just feel like it's it's been a lot of things but for for Mulkey and for this group there's been a lot of urgency and I think that's that's paid off right and the team went 25 and 5 on the year 13 and 3 in conference play and obviously a number three seed in the tournament talk to us about the identity of this team what makes it so special when it's clicking on all cylinders I I think the biggest thing is their balance I mean like I said their whole starting lineup is seniors and they can all 
fill their roles really, really well. Um, I mentioned Autumn Newby from Vanderbilt. She's an excellent glue player, um, rebounds, defends. Mm-hmm. The center, Faustina Fua, is is a real good post scorer. Um, and then you have a trio of guards that really, I mean, did really well in the SEC with uh, Kayla Pointer uh, from Georgia, and she's a senior, um, Jalen Cherry and Alexis Morris. Those three kind of take turns at times, you know, scoring the ball there when they're clicking, you know, they're, they're really hard to stop. And then, so I think the balance offensively and then defensively they're those three guards really get after teams on the perimeter. And that's, that's kind of what they've done well is, you know, force turnovers, make some guards uncomfortable and Mulkey really emphasizes getting into teams defensively. And so they've mm-hmm. shot up the, def- like, you know, the difference from last year, this year is their defensive numbers. They were like t- last or 12th in defense last year in the SEC. Now they're third. I mean, it's been just a really huge jump. And I think when this team is clicking, it starts on defense, but then offensively they, um, they're able to whip the ball around and those three guards kind of set the tone. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you mentioned a few names. Uh, let's just get more into detail as far as some of the key cogs for this ball club. I think, you know, we want to start with the preseason and postseason first team, all SEC guard. You mentioned her name, Kayla Pointer. I just talk about her and what she means to the team. Oh, she's she's awesome. Um, she can play at different speeds. She can score inside. She can score outside. It's a team that doesn't shoot a lot of threes at all. Kim Mulkey uh routinely in her uh coaching career had her teams have not shot a lot of threes and this is really no different they 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 take i think the fewest threes in the sec by a comfortable margin so yeah they'll take around 10 12 a game you know max uh kayla pointer is one of the ones that can really shoot it though alexis morris as well but pointer kind of sets everything up so um she she's a huge piece in calming them down and kind of setting the tone for them scoring why she did struggle a bit later in the season as teams started to key in on her more, but um, still she's, she's been just really, really good for this team throughout the year. Absolutely. I know she'll be a focal point for coach Tamika Reed and the Jackson state team. Just looking at her accolades, a finalist for the Nancy Lieberman point guard of the year award, a candidate for the wooden all American award for all American team and the wooden award trophy for the most outstanding college basketball player in the country. So that is exceptional. Second in the SEC in scoring at 19 points per game. Second in assist at 5.2. She also chips in with six and a half rebounds a game. And that's from the point guard position. So yeah. very impressive. I want to also talk about second team all SEC guard Alex Morris. You mentioned her as well. The, S- the Texas A&M transfer who actually, fun fact, she played for head coach Kim Mulkey previously mm-hmm. as a freshman at Baylor. And she has really stepped in and electrify this LSU offense. Yeah, um, Alexis Morris, uh, she's uh, she's been, I think this is her fourth team in four years, if I'm not mistaken. I believe mm-hmm. it was Baylor, Rutgers, um, another stop, and then LSU. So, um, yeah, it's it's been a crazy journey for her. But to, to come over here, she's just fit in like a, like a glove. I mean, she's been amazing. Like I said, this team doesn't shoot a lot of threes, but she's definitely one of the players that can get hot. Um, she, I think she hit like six threes against Iowa State early in the year. She's just had those games where she can she can really shoot the ball. Now, the biggest thing about her is her health at this moment. She sprained her MCL in the second to last game of the regular season. Mm-hmm. And it was obviously concerning because we didn't know how bad it was. Uh, so she missed the Tennessee game to end the regular uh, season and then missed the tournament game. And the hope mm-hmm. was to hold her out basically from February 24th when the injury happened to, you know, the NCAA tournament, which is, um, you know, March, March 19th. 
So that's almost a full month of recovery. It's not torn. You know, it's not nothing um, too bad to where she's definitely going to miss the season um, or have surgery or anything, but she's still not, um, she's not practicing five on fives right now. I think she, uh, she's just doing individual drills. So uh, they're definitely going to need her to make a run in, in the tournament. I mean, when, you know, when in the first round, I, I mean, even the second round, third, I mean, if they want to have any chance of going far in this, this tournament, they're going to need Alexis Morris to, to be healthy. And I, I think they're expecting her to play, um, you know, how healthy she is. I don't know, but that's going to be really something to monitor is, is Alexis Morris's health. Cause, but I mean, they, they have a guard um, off the bench in Ryan Payne who can fill in adequately. Just, they don't have any depth at guard with Alexis Morris out. So that's mm-hmm. the concern really. Wow. And you mentioned that SEC tournament lost to Kentucky, and you didn't mention that she didn't play, and that's probably a big reason why they lost. Coach Moke wouldn't use that as an excuse. But, yeah. you know, she's, she, she wasn't there, and without her, and I, I want to ask you, how different is this team with her versus without her? I, I think it's already not a super deep team. I think they usually go about seven or eight deep, but they only have one guard off the bench at full I'm, usually at full strength and that is ryan Payne, who i mentioned who has to start so if you look at the the kentucky game the the three guards play all 40 minutes Mm -hmm. like they don't come off the court um and it's the same thing happened in tennessee so without alexis morris they don't have depth and that's really where it comes in to play in that those three guards um kayla pointer has more on her plate jalen cherry has more on her plate and then ryan Payne, who steps into that role has a has you know has they all have to play for forty minutes. Um, she, she doesn't Mulkey doesn't really trust anybody else to 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 man the guard position. So that's that's where it really comes into play. Um, as far as on the court, like I said, her shooting is really missed offensively. I think that's the bigger thing. Like defensively, you know, they can get by. They're still going to be a really good defense, but offensively is where you know they have to manufacture points, and it's not as easy to come by. So. Yeah, that, that's probably the biggest concern if she misses uh, any NCAA tournament games. Mm-hmm. And with that lack of depth, I know the, the veteran presence that you talked about earlier is even more important. So just talk a little bit more about that, specifically Faustine and Jalen, both graduate players who've been in the program for a while and seems like they're having career years. So what specifically has their veteran presence meant to this team? Yeah, it's it's been it's been great to see because you always want to see, you know, seniors go out on a high note. And um, for them to be having the best season, you know, obviously of their careers at this point, to be experiencing NCAA tournament for the first time, a lot of these seniors are. And so um, they've just been really, really solid and really consistent. Um, Jalen Cherry is a mid-range specialist. Like she'll be, she's one of those players that will, doesn't mind shooting with her foot on the three-point line, you know, she (laughs) doesn't have to get behind it. And Mulkey gives her full freedom in that regard. So she's a player that if she gets going, She's really tough to stop because she can make tough jumpers. Um, she can be inconsistent, but uh, still, she's she's been very good. She's a very good defender as well. Uh, Faustina Fu was a post presence that they really, really need in games. And um, if they can get her comfortable on the block, uh, then that, that really opens up the offense to a degree. So they've both been really, really good at settling this team down on offense and um, a Faustina Fu is 6'5", can, can mm-hmm. get in foul trouble at times as a, as a big but um, you know when she's can stay on the court, um, she she's really effective. 
Right. And earlier you were talking about LSU on the defensive end and how important that is to the team's success. Talk a little bit more about Autumn Newby. Obviously, she's a transfer from Vanderbilt, and she's been a critical piece of this team, brought a lot of intensity to LSU on the defensive end and on the board. So talk about her play and what she means as well. Yeah, she's she's the glue piece. Like like I said, she's the she's a fierce rebounder. She just goes after ball. She's not even that tall. Either. I think she's like six two. Um, I mean, come you know, they're compared to if there's like six four, six five. She's <laughs> really really strong though rebounding. And I mean, there 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 have been games where she has double digit rebounds in the first half. I mean, she's mm. huge for this team um, on the glass and defensively. Like you said, I mean, she she's versatile. Um, she can guard fours. She can guard fives. And um, does a really, really good job in case Faustine gets in foul trouble. So, yeah, Newby's a huge piece for this team. Um, mm-hmm. One of the you know more important pieces on this team is Autumn Newby, and that adding her has been one of the you know biggest changes from last year to this year is just having mm-hmm. that glue piece, you know, that can do it all in a sense. Right, right. And Hannah Guster, you know, we talked, you talked earlier about that one transfer coming over from Baylor, which of course is Hannah. And you also talked about the lack of depth at times as far as coming off the bench, but she is one of those players who provides a little bit of a spark off the bench, a lot of productive minutes. So talk about her play and what she means to this team coming off that bench. Yeah. Hannah Guster's is kind of their scoring big off the bench. Uh, she can, re- she's, she's very, I mean, she's six, five, and she's really strong on the block. She catches the ball well and can put it off the glass real quickly. Um, Hannah Gusser is her. I think she's only a sophomore. She spent one year at Baylor and came over here. Um, so she's going to be a big piece for the future of this team, especially. But um, her off the bench is is big. Um, and then uh, also off the bench, Alwa Alwa Trossi, who's a senior. Um, she's kind of uh, also kind of a scoring, but she's a little more athletic. You know, like six two or six three. Uh, that can is kind of more mobile. So those are their their four bigs they rotate. Obviously, Faustine, Nafua, and uh, Autumn Newby are their main two starters. And then they bring in Hannah Gusters and uh, Awatrasi off the bench, depending on the matchups and foul trouble and stuff. So the front court is a, is definitely less of a concern depth-wise than the back court. You know, okay. the, like I said, they if if they don't have Alexis Morris, they're they they she doesn't like playing really any guards. Mm-hmm. So um, but yeah, that's that's the front court kind of situation. Right. So of all the names you mentioned, if you had to predict who could be that unsung hero, because you know, obviously it's March Madness. So there's always that, that player that, that comes out of nowhere and just you know shocks the nation or makes a name for him or herself. But maybe not going that far. But who could be a person that if, you know, Coach Reed, Jackson State's coach, focuses, you know, looks at the scouting report and focuses on those you know, top players that we mentioned, Kayla and, and Alexis, who could be a name that could just come out of nowhere and really get it done for LSU? You know, Autumn Newby has been scoring more recently, which has been in- an interesting development. Usually she just gets like her 10, 12 rebounds and puts up like two points, but she's been actually scoring the ball really well. She talked about being more aggressive. And if, you know, that's that's an element that this team usually doesn't have is her scoring the ball. So I, I would say her, but then also Jalen Cherry, like I mentioned, if if she gets going, she's able to make those tough mid-range shots like on the catch, off the dribble, you know, isolation type stuff. Um, so there has been a lot of attention, like like you said, to, to Pointer and Morris, but Cherry and Newby, if if they can score the ball, it takes a lot of pressure off of off of Pointer, especially. So, um, and that's where this team would, you know, in theory, could be could be good in March, where they are balanced and they are able to attack teams in different ways. But um, that that's going to be the interesting thing, uh, like you said, is who does step up if 
pointer struggles if Morris can't play. You know, that's um, that's the big thing. And so I'd say those two most likely. Uh, Ryan Payne off the bench, who I've mentioned as well. I, 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 I believe in her ability, but I don't know if she's capable of, you know, putting up like 12 or 14 points, you know, she's probably, she's more of a role player in that, in that respect. So I think, I think that's uh, an interesting aspect of it to see who kind of steps up for them. Sure thing. And coach Kim Mulkey, obviously we've talked about her the entire episode, the hall of famer, and we can't do a show without going in depth about her. <laughs> Fun fact, this Jackson state ball club is very familiar with her and vice versa because Jackson state faced the, her Baylor squad last season in the first round of the NCAA tournament. I know our girls have been itching all season long to get back to this opportunity. And lo and behold, they'll see a familiar face in Coach Mulkey. And it's been a it's been remarkable what she's done in her first year at LSU. Just taking this program from a nine and thirteen record last year to twenty five and four this season, which was the largest turnaround by a first year coach in SEC history. Yeah. This is the program's first twenty five win season since 07-08 and their first NC double-A tournament berth since 2018. I guess we probably shouldn't be too surprised by this because it's Kim Mulkey, but why do you think she's been able to have so much success immediately? Yeah, uh, you kind of mentioned uh, mentioned it, but to go back to your, your first point about uh, her being familiar, she, she, you know, she, she raved about Jackson State in her press conference just saying that, you know, it, they, they fought that Baylor squad and then late it, it pulled away uh, a bit. <laughs> Thoughts on the three seed, Spokane, kind of the matchup. Looks like first round, second round is going to be. Well, I'm familiar with Jackson State. We played them when I was at Baylor last year, the very first game. Um, competitive, uh, very confident team. They pretty much control the SWAC. And I uh, remember tall, 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, I would have to look at their roster to see how many return. But I just know uh, they came out and gave us everything we wanted. Now, later down the stretch, we, you know, separated ourselves from them with the score. But I, I know a little bit about them. She's very um, aware of, of the challenges Jackson State uh, can pose. Especially, I mean, because, you know, at Baylor, she had a, you know, she knew what she had in her team this year, first year team. She doesn't know how they're going to react in this mm. setting. So I think it'll be a lot of a very interesting game in that respect. But, um, yeah, Coach Mulkey has just been, a, I don't even, injection of energy for this whole program, for this whole <laughs> city, really. Um, they, they've gotten huge turnouts for women's basketball here, and they will get huge turnout for these tournament games as well in Baton Rouge, um, I fully expect seven, 8,000 for, for Jackson State uh, game. And so it's, it's going to be a really entertaining environment. Um, and I know uh, Mulkey's interested. It's another factor as well she talked about in her press conference was the last time they played was March 4th. I mean, that's, yes. you know, mm-hmm. it's two weeks, two weeks off. And so I don't know why the SEC tournament is so early, but it just, that's how it is. So it's it's an interesting situation they're in, but um, I they do need Alexis Morris back, so I guess it's kind of a blessing in, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And talk about that layoff. By the time the game tips off, it'll be two weeks since LSU last played. So has Coach Mulkey talked about resting players versus the rust factor? Getting Morris back is the biggest thing uh, for them. Uh, I mean, even if you look at it, at the end of the regular season was February 27th, so they've played one game. You know, it'll be one game in three weeks mm-hmm. until the Jackson State game, basically. So, um, but I, she is a little worried about that because in the Big 12, you know, Baylor, they play the week of. 
you know, like mm-hmm. most conferences do. I just it's just the SEC that plays a week early, which is peculiar. But um, yeah, she she is worried about that for sure. And so she she's like, oh, I'm not sure, you know, whether to have practice hard or you know <laughs> how, what to do things and all that stuff. So she's she's figuring it out as well. Um, but the the biggest thing is getting Morris back for for this home stretch. And so if they can even just get 20, 25 minutes out of her at 80%, 90%, I think it'd do wonders for this team. The rest of the team, I, I assume, I mean, is, is, is healthy. I assume them to be ready. They're all seniors. Like I said, they should have the right mindset. So I think they'll be okay in that regard. Mm-hmm. All right. And congratulations, by the way, to coach Moki for being named the athletics coach of the year, as well as a semifinalist for the Naismith Coach of the Year Award. She's always racked up those Coach of the Year awards, so that's not surprising at all. All right, but Matthew, talk about areas where this team has struggled at times. What what areas would Jackson State most likely need to capitalize on in order to pull off the upset? There's a a few areas where they they have struggled. Like I said earlier, they don't shoot threes Mm -hmm. um, really much at all. Pointer and Morris are the only ones that really even attempt them. And so... Uh, if a team can kind of get hot like Kentucky did in the SEC tournament from three, if they can just make a couple and, you know, get that advantage, um, that's usually a, a good sign. Uh, really, a lot of LSU's losses have been because of the three-point line. Uh, if you look at I mean, the Kentucky one, like I said, and then Arkansas uh, even, and on January 27th, they allowed 90 points. And um, I think, I, I don't have the box score, but if I remember correctly, I think Arkansas hit like 10 threes. Um, on them, I, I can look it up, but yeah, that's it's the three point line that that really gives them fits at times. Arkansas went thirteen to twenty five from three, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and meanwhile LSU went four to fourteen. So you know that's that's just the difference that's hard to overcome. Um, other than the three point line disparity, um, I would say they're they if you can get you know Faustina Fuwa in foul trouble a bit the the big rotation dips down a bit uh, to, to Gusters and uh, Trossi. But, um, you know, foul trouble is always a concern, especially with their their depth, uh, if, if their depth is limited. So, you know, I'd say three-point line, uh, foul trouble, um, and then I think just containing Kayla Pointer. I think that's, that's a big thing that teams have really put an emphasis on, and it makes, you know, other players step up because mm-hmm. Pointer can be so dominant at times that um, other players just kind of defer to her. And if you take her away, then it could be, um, you know, put more pressure on players, especially if Morris is out, then mm-hmm. Ryan Payne and Jalen Cherry will have to do a lot more and they can be streaky at times. So mm-hmm. um, it's definitely a team that has its flaws. It's just been, you know, a really, really, uh, which makes it even more impressive, like you said, that they've been able to, do, to make this turnaround from nine wins to 25. I mean, it's not a perfect team, but they've just been able to piece it together and they they're really good at winning close games mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's going to be interesting to see how they how they fare um especially playing at home i, I think that they, they they're going to play confident and uh free mm-hmm. absolutely well very interesting matchup we're looking forward to making that trip and looking forward to this matchup fun fact though seven common opponents between the two teams this season i saw Nichols, that I was, yeah I was going through the the schedule because obviously i i knew that jackson state uh, went undefeated in, in the conference um mm-hmm. i do a little bit of uh side work for um a texas college basketball podcast so I keep track of sub texas southern and prairie okay and okay. stuff and I was like man jackson state's just running away with this conference this year huh right yeah <laughs> so, yeah i looked through the schedule and you know that's 
I mean, close results against Ole Miss, Texas, Texas, Arkansas. You know, those mm-hmm. are all teams that, like I said, I mean, Arkansas put up ninety on LSU. Yeah, so. 90, yeah 90, 76, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's, it, it's, it's definitely a team that has LSU's attention. That's for sure. Right. Yeah, it was interesting to see these many common opponents, though. Uh, Nichols, Alcorn out of the swag, of course, Texas Southern, Texas, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State. So we played a, an SEC-heavy <laughs> early schedule, uh, so we were battle-tested. Uh, LSU went 6-1 and one against those opponents, and uh, Jackson State went 3-4 and four against those opponents. And the one common loss was the Arkansas game that you mentioned, 90-76. to 76. Uh, LSU lost and then uh, Jackson State only lost by four, 66 mm-hmm. to 62. So I know you can't just look at the opponent and engage a matchup based on the common opponent. But if Jackson State, if they want to look at the schedule and say, hey, we played Arkansas closer than they did, that's one thing that we could probably look at. But again, we have to obviously go out there and play them on the court. But uh, we're definitely looking forward to that. Game time Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern Baton Rouge at the PMAC. Pete Maravich Assembly Center. Tickets are on sale as of Tuesday at 10 a.m. at lsusports.net slash tickets. And you said you're expecting how many? Seven, eight thousand? Yeah, it's going to be a good amount. I'd say seven, eight thousand. Uh, I think they're averaging six thousand on the year. They they okay. they they doubled their attendance from last year. I think that's the Kim Mulkey effect a little bit. <laughs> okay, absolutely. So, what is the capacity of the Pete Mac? Is it around 13k? Yeah, I think it's 13,000. 13, uh, the women okay. uh, have gotten uh, – they've sold it out. Um, they, there were empty seats at the top, you know, so it wasn't like, you know, full like capacity, like everyone showed up. But they did sell 13,000 tickets, which was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mm-hmm. if I had to guess there were probably 10,000 there um, Okay. at some point. But, yeah, that's they definitely get um, – you know, LSU likes likes winning. These things down here are crazy, so <laughs> – They'll, they'll support anyone that, that wins, and Mulkey definitely has done that so far. Absolutely. Absolutely. She is a winner. I will put this out there. If you're guessing seven to 8,000, I can guarantee you it'll be well over 10,000 because we have to factor in this Jackson State crowd. This is a mm-hmm. rabbit fan base. Loves to travel. Short ride to Baton Rouge. So if, if the seven to eight that you were predicting is on the LSU side, dev- yeah. definitely tack on several thousand from Jackson State. So this thing is going to be close to capacity. Mark my word. Ooh. I'm excited. I'm excited, man, because that, that place, yeah, that place gets loud. That's going to be a fun environment for Absolutely. sure. Can't wait. Well, we look forward to the game. Obviously, look forward to seeing you. And before we let you go, tell us where can we find your work or follow you on social media? Yeah, uh, go to go to 247.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore. Uh, and uh, yeah, our work at, at go247 uh, on Twitter as well. So yeah, man, I appreciate you having me. All right. Thanks for doing this. And that'll do it for episode 228 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcast users, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. As always, thanks for your support. Go Tigers! Hashtag the I love.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.